I won't be weird. We're just two friends enjoying a coffee. All right, Connor's pull back. Yeah, exactly, it's fine. All right, Luigi, how's it going? Well, I'm here kidnapped by Rappi. No, <laughs> Rappi. Let okay. me just restart that. No, we don't have a lot of time. I've been kidnapped Look, by Rappi. Fancy, I don't fancy, know where we're going. Do you fancy a coffee? I do fancy a coffee, but where, oh. are, we, where are you taking it? Oh, oh, what's here? It's um, Blank Street Coffee. I think we should uh, potentially go there. What do you think? Yeah? Um, sure, but I, now I'm trusting you because I have no idea what this is. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, well, they've got a new cold brew menu, so let's go check it out. I don't like cold Nice. Oh, can you hear the music? Great music, yeah. Is that Artie Monkeys? Maybe a bit too loud. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Alright, what do you want? Uh, I'll go for my regular. Which is? You know what I want. Old latte? Yeah, no. Old cappuccino. Old cappuccino. Um, regular, small or large? Small, small. I'm just looking, I wanted a, um, I wanted like a pot of water or something, but there doesn't seem to be any. There's just merch. Can you see the tote bags? Yeah, some coffee stuff. Yeah, yeah, tote bags, coffee stuff. Why do you want a water bottle? No, I wanted a bottle of sparkling water, but I can't get that. So yeah. Should we order one? Hey? Should we order one? Let's ask, yeah, let's ask. This is on you, yeah? Sure. Cheers, thanks. <laughs> I'm, loving the, I'm loving the green. Hello, yeah. Uh, do we have uh, two cappuccinos with old milk? Uh, yes, uh, small or large. This is small, right? Yes. Small. The two small or Oh, no? yeah. Yeah. Oh, look, they've only got... Yeah, can I, uh, can I also get a bottle of sparkling water, please, as well? Um, Do you see that? It's only the ginger thing, orange juice, and then two drops of water. Yeah. Do you want small. one of these uh, small bites for you? No, I'm good. Um, and also one vegan cinnamon roll. One vegan cinnamon roll? Thank you. It's pretty busy in here. Yeah? Probably what, like, the design pretty good. Every table is taken. Every table is taken. Awesome, thank you. Wait, can we wait for our drinks over here? Cool. So, what do they have? They have only four drinks. Yeah. So, sparkling water, mineral water, orange juice, and some ginger shot. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And some uh, dog treats. Have you seen the, um, the coffee machine? Let's take a look. Oh, so it's like a, it's like a Costa, it's like a Costa, you know, the Costa mega machine that they innovated and they, they hired some aeronautic engineers from NASA to make it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Is it a similar thing? Well, yeah, there's no, like, they don't seem to be doing the, the grinding and the and then the putting it in the water filter into the espresso machine. A lot of green going on, a load of greenery as well. This is like one of these coffee shops where they actually don't sell coffee, but it's all like matcha or some like mixed yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Is that what it is? No, no, no. I think uh, coffee, coffee's the main thing here. But okay. They've just launched this new range of matcha stuff, so. Okay. It's interesting, like uh, when you get a matcha latte from Pret, they mix the powder with water and then they put the milk into yeah. it. Whereas here it looks like they've kind of got it all. They've already got it like pre-mixed and squeezable and ready to go, which is interesting. Also the blends, I like the what's going on with the blends. You see these hats, it says neighbors only. Neighbors only? That's ironic. Why is that? Well, maybe we'll chat about that later. But uh, is this your first time in Blank Street? It is my first time in Blank Street, yeah. Nice. It seems like it's a New York thing. Yeah. 
how would you how would you describe the brand? It's uh, very green, very simple. I think maybe some what? What kind of fonts are they? Is Helvetica? Yeah, it is. Yeah, very simple. All caps Helvetica. Maybe bold Helvetica. There's only three people here as well, which is interesting. Yeah, I guess the coffee machine takes care of 80% of the job. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I wonder how long like we're in here for. There's not many people. Because people were just hanging, having a quick chat, reading a book. But it seems like most people are coming in, grabbing their coffee and going, which it. is impressive given the weather. Yeah, it's yeah. quite rainy. Yeah. Um, but I don't get it. They, the foam, actually, the way they make the foam of the coffee is not the normal... You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. It just comes out of the machine into a milk jug. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they just add it to our drink. Um, it seems really foamy as well for an oatmeal. Yeah. yeah That's the hardest, you know? Really? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because with normal milk, you have the fat, and the fat is what helps you make the foam. I thought that's where they put so much oil in. My sister, she used to be a barista, and she told me that soy milk was the hardest. As well, yeah. Because it used to split if you got it too hot. Yeah. Super interesting. Um, okay, so they also sell this coffee, uh, 28th of July. I guess that's what it was roasted, okay? 28th of July that's from Brazil. That's a month. Yeah. Medium roasted nuts, chocolate, brown sugar. What's the price of the... Uh, 11, 11 quid. Oh, 11 quid. Yeah. Okay. 11 quid for 250 grams. Okay, two cappuccinos are here. Do you want chocolate? Uh, yes, please. I like so much chocolate, it may as well be a mocha. All right. Is that enough? That, yeah, that's enough. There's plenty. <laughs> I think that should make it to the... Honestly, it's one of the reasons I like That's definitely here. a mocha. What are you talking about? <laughs> I don't need a, mil- a lid. I'm a lidless coffee drinker. All right. All right, let's go. Before we go, let's give it a taste. All right, you need to learn how to close that lid. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, you too. Cheers. Cheers. All right. You need to kidnap me for this. Yeah. Right. Good coffee. Good coffee. Still uh, missing the point of the kidnap, but yeah, yeah. we'll get there. Well, I hope you enjoyed your uh, your coffee. Thanks for buying it for me. Yeah. Oh, do you want to try your roll first? Okay, I'll try the roll. Hold on. Oh, it's pretty, pretty standard roll. As good as joining? No. How much did you pay for? I don't know. Oh. I think it was 12 pounds. 12 pounds? Yeah, for your very expensive water. How much is that? I don't know. And two coffees and one roll. Well, Luigi, why don't we uh, enjoy our drinks? See you soon. See you in a bit. How's your coffee? Pretty bad. Fantastic. Well, <laughs> welcome to Design by Us, the show where we discuss how humans design the world. My name is Ravi Chohan, and I'm with a very caffeinated Luigi. Yeah. How are you? Uh, we have a lot of energy now. You've got a lot of energy. Yeah. Fantastic. Took Fantastic. five of those coffees, man. Yeah, exactly. Exactly that. They well, in. obviously, we've just gone and gotten our coffee, um, and just serendipitously, uh, we ended up at Blank Street Coffee, uh, of which there are. It wasn't serendipitously. No, it you was. Took me there without my consent. <laughs> Yeah, I enjoyed it. And I made you, and I made you pay. Um, yeah, well, that was even worse. Yeah. 
Yeah. I didn't even think about that. But anyway, look, we we um we wanted to talk about Blank Street Coffee, and we thought, look, what better way to to experience it than to experience it? Um, and we wanted to correlate. Well, Louis didn't know it at the time because he did his research after. Uh, but we wanted to correlate some of the things that we read online um, and our research with mm-hmm. our actual in-store experience. So, look, first question I want to ask you: How was your coffee? Like genuinely, we did a bit of coffee, co- a bit of a coffee review. The coffee in itself was okay. Yeah. It wasn't the best coffee. Yeah. What constitutes the best coffee? Because I was what thinking about this. What constitutes the best coffee? Yeah. Yeah, there's actually, apparently, there have been like a couple of revolutions of the best coffee. But mm-hmm. from my perspective, I think the foam is very, it depends on the coffee you have, of course. Mm-hmm. Okay. And this, this is very subjective. Mm-hmm. But from my perspective, what I tend to have at this stage in my life, and this mm-hmm. will probably change, mm-hmm. if I'm going to a store, if I have it at home, it's a different story. But if I'm going to a store, I usually have an old cappuccino, mm-hmm. medium with chocolate on top. Okay. That's what I have. Okay. Okay. All right. Nice. Very important elements of this coffee. I like them really strong. Yeah. I don't like, like just like a bunch of milk with a little bit of coffee. Mm-hmm. I like a bit more coffee. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like the coffee to be strong and to be tasteful. Mm-hmm. And I also like the foam to not disappear after two sips. So I wanted to like to be a consistent foam. Mm-hmm. I think they call it, the, there is a very weird name for this type of foam. It's like micro foaming or something like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you do a bad frost, um, Frothing, that's how they call it? Yeah, with the steam one. Yeah, if you actually do a bad one, you're just going to make like really big bubbles and they're mm-hmm. just going to disappear really quickly. So you want to aim to have like a really thin and very small bubbles uh, into the milk. Okay. All right. That's interesting. Yeah. I'm, I'm pleased. I, well, am I pleased? It's interesting that, that you said it's subjective, if that makes sense. And I honestly don't think that like, if I was just drinking black coffee, for example, I'd be able to like have a real opinionated opinion about... <laughs> What? You're in your opinionated opinion. Mate, that's what I bring to the show. I, I'd be able to have a really opinionated opinion about like, oh, this black coffee is different to this black coffee and I prefer that one because of this reason, etc., etc. But I honestly don't, I'm honestly not sure about like kind of milky cappuccino-y style drinks. Like, I don't know if I could be able to say with the same certainty, oh, the coffee from that place is better than that place, if that makes sense. Mm. Do you know what when I mean? When it comes to cappuccino? Or when when it, comes... it comes to cappuccinos, yeah. Yeah. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But the thing is, that's what I always have when I go to a shop. So I have uh, years of experience. So, so my rubric for a cappuccino is slightly the same, slightly different. Mm-hmm. I don't like a cappuccino that's too big. Like, yeah. and, and to be honest, it kind of weirds me out when someone asks me, what size of cappuccino do you want? Because I'm like, it's a cappuccino that is the size. Do you know what I mean? It's like saying... It always depends on the size of the cup, yeah. No, no, it doesn't. It doesn't. It should be a certain amount of ounces. Sure. Be, I think it should always be eight ounces or something. Yeah, but not everywhere is the same. But that's what I mean. But then if it's not, then it's not a cappuccino. Yeah, but usually what in standard shops differentiates a cappuccino from a latte, for example, is the yeah. foam. Yeah, exactly. And the size. Because... Yeah, the size too, yeah. yeah. But I don't think everyone's, everyone applies the size. Well, too. that's what I mean. But if people don't apply the size, then... then yeah. yeah. And it's funny because my favorite coffee shop the coffee shop I go to most, they ask for regular or large, which is interesting. And I, again, you know, it's cappuccino it should be the same size. And, you yeah. know, someone, what, one person's flat white is another person's cappuccino. And that bugs me. Yeah. Yeah. That honestly, that annoys me. Anyway, sorry, totally off track. Yeah. Based on your rubric, overall, that blank street cappuccino that you had, give me an out of 10. So, okay. So I'm going to break it down. So the foam disappeared. <laughs> the foam disappeared really quickly. Okay, yeah, which yeah. I didn't really like. I yeah. didn't enjoy. Uh, size was good. Yeah, I agree. Um, size was good. Size was the, yeah. the right one, and ratio of coffee and milk was good. Yeah. So if we break it down, that's two out of three. Yeah. Um, and that would be let's say it's at six point six. So okay, all right, fair let's enough. Bring it into a seven. Why not? Yeah, yeah, a seven. Nice. Okay. Nice. 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 So in an NPS score is a good one. Do you think it'd be better than a, a cappuccino that you'd have from like let's say a Starbucks? 
Um, yeah, definitely. Okay. It has nice. much better taste. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Fantastic. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Surprisingly enough, you paid half the price. <laughs> no, not half the price, but you pay what? Two thirds of the price of a Starbucks coffee? Yeah. Yeah. I'd say so. Yeah. I'd say so. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say so. And, and yeah, it's a, it's a different experience and, and hopefully we were able to kind of give a sense of it uh, when we, when we went to visit, you know, mm-hmm. just before this recording. Yeah, yeah. Just before. Yeah. Just before. As in like just right before this. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's, let's break this down. What have you researched and um, what are you interested in exploring? Because I have a few thoughts. I'm interested in the fact that they stole their brand. Okay. Brand. <laughs> um, sure. And also some of the, I guess like, unit economics of it okay yeah. i agree unit economics is very interesting um i think the idea of the good enough coffee it's also really interesting that we can i don't know if you dive into that um and the other one is the the machines that they're using i'll tell you what I, let's break it down from let's start with the unit economics because that will make sense okay so we already start, started with the coffee experience let's go with the unit economics yeah why 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 so their coffee is cheaper their stores are smaller okay and the number of people in it is smaller and actually i think as i pointed out when we were there the 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 size of the range of drinks that they're offering is a lot lower right and and basically what this is all optimized to do is to be able to deliver a drink that is cheaper and to be able to deliver kind of like let's say more hourly revenue from any given store right so we'll talk about the machines later but magic happens and it means that they don't have to have as many people in the store, right? Which is great because number one, the stores that they typically have are smaller, so they're paying less rent. Um, and one consequence of that is that less people are in there hanging out. So um, basically what that means is that people, the experience is that you go in, you grab a coffee and you leave. Yeah. And I think we kind of covered that a little bit. It was quite interesting that there weren't too many seats. I mean, how many seats would you say there were? Like maybe 10? Yeah, yeah, I think 10 might be, yeah, maybe the stretch. Yeah, so that, that was the experience that they were trying to give. So that slight store size, that obviously means that your rent is smaller. Um, there are fewer items on the menu, both in terms of like, like food and things that you can eat um, and also um, drinks. On the food side, what did you notice from that blank street like that you could eat? Uh, the vegan cinnamon roll I had. Yeah, yeah, vegan cinnamon roll, yeah. But then there was only like two or three other things, right? Yeah, yeah. There, there was not the a lot of stuff. Like, and then something else. Probably. Yeah, exactly. Whereas if you go to a Starbucks, you've got yeah. like, I don't know, like 10 different items at least in the case next to where you order. Yeah. And then another 15 different items at least in like a in a fridge next door. Mm-hmm. Like not next door, but you know what I mean? Like in the store yeah, or somewhere yeah. else. So there's there's so many more different things you got to order and each of those things like comes with an overhead of time to put them on the shelves, to restock it, yeah. to maybe bake it in store if you're doing yeah. that, whatever the case may be. In addition to that, having less things to sell means a smaller stock room, which returns into smaller yeah. rent as yes, well. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So... Again, so smaller range and on the drinks as well. In terms of like cold drinks that are like bottled in that blank street, I was so surprised when we walked in because that was the first time that both of us had been to that blank street. It was the first time that you've been to blank street in general and I'd been to another one in London. Um, and I was surprised that there were literally only four drinks. Uh, yeah. Sparkling water, still water, orange juice, and something else. And I can't a ginger shot. Ginger shot, yeah, Moji. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And um, that, again, is another kind of like 
just making everything smaller. Um, yeah. And uh, and that kind of thing. What this means is that the stores are quite profitable quite quickly. Yeah, you require less investment. I think there is a really interesting uh, set of um, set of uh, comparisons here that we can make. Mm-hmm. Basically, you have a 16 ounce cup of coffee and let's break it down with, among three competitors. On the top of the, the, the scale, we have Starbucks, mm-hmm. which they sell it at $5.5. Just mm-hmm. a normal, a normal, yeah, this is an iced latte, this cost. On the bottom, ice latte is yeah. how they benchmarked it. Apparently, yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, again, this is uh, the US. Would you say that most people in the store that we're in were ordering cold drinks, as in ice drinks well, or hot drinks? If you actually looked at the at the the sign that they had outside and you told me, look, they have a new drink. It's a cold drink. But that might be because also we're in summer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, so they had on one side of the spe- spectrum we have Starbucks at five point five. Mm-hmm. Bottom side of the spectrum we have um, Dunkin' at three point seventy five, selling the same drink. Maybe quality will diverge, but right in the middle you have Blank Street Coffee, which mm-hmm. is four point twenty five. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the niche market that they're trying to fit into. Mm-hmm. Is mm-hmm. those people that don't like Dunkin' but are not willing to pay an overpriced cost that will co- that comes with Starbucks. And usually your base Starbucks is just to sit there, have the Starbucks experience and all of that. Yeah, um, exactly. Like this whole third space thing. Exactly. Yeah. This blank street is like a, and we talked about that on our Starbucks episode. Mm-hmm. Um, this this blank space is like a rejection. I'd see it as third space. It's like, get your coffee, go in and go out. I think I saw a quote in the New York Times article, which will be in the show notes that said that founders were like, that this is the kind of place you go for coffee twice a day. Yeah. You go and you get it. And you yeah. yeah. I actually have the quote here. And, oh yeah, uh, nice. Yeah, basically said, I think it was very bold and very, straightforward and we know what we want yeah he basically was saying uh, we don't need to be the most amazing cup of coffee you ever had we want to be the the we want to be the really good cup of coffee that you drink twice a day every day yeah so they're going for a volume game then oh i want to go to have that specific drink that has like 10 toppings of starbucks yeah, and yeah. it costs me ten dollars yeah, 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 yeah um yeah it's a volume game uh low costs so when I was talking about payback earlier, especially the smaller sizes of the stores, as you just kind of mentioned, and the fewer people in the store, yeah, we'll talk about the magic that happens there. Which later. are the two biggest costs as well in uh, re- in uh, well, yeah. hospitality, right? Yeah, you have like, actual the actual food mm-hmm. that you sell in hospitality is like is usually like twenty depends on on the scale of the store, but it's twenty to thirty percent of the the overall the of, of your margins. So mm-hmm. the rest is usually coming from uh, from pretty much uh, people and rent. Nice, nice, yeah. But anyway, what this means is that the payback is like one to two months is what they're saying. So they open up a new store and it's profitable within one to two months. Yeah, which is insane. Okay, that explains, uh, if we take a step back, uh, I did a bit of research of how they came to be. Mm -hmm. And basically they started in New York, started opening a, a few stores. And then they caught the attention of a few VCs and some other founders, actually the founders of Alberts mm-hmm. um, invested there. And they managed to raise about 67 million last year for a coffee shop, which I found pretty interesting. Uh, and I couldn't actually figure out why they were so appealing in mean, such a saturated market. So yeah, so General Catalyst, Tiger Global, uh, founders of Alberts and Warby Parker also invested and the real estate giant which I don't know who these people are Tishman Speyer you know no, who they are? No, okay, I have no idea them. no idea but they also invested in there so anyway that explains why the 67 million and also the huge growth in two years they open about 60 shops yeah around the world yeah yeah, yeah. yeah pretty impressive yeah, yeah that explains yeah okay and is it they've, they've concentrated on just a few cities yeah yeah, it's New York, London, and Boston, I think. Boston. Yeah, that's quite interesting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. So 
how do they get to that high volume, low cost in terms of the product? So people, we talked about that. Real estate, we talked about that, but they still need to produce X amount of cups of coffee per day to be sustainable and to actually sell and get revenue, right? So mm-hmm. the machines is what is interesting. What did you see the machines when they when you went through the shop? To well, the shop? I'm so glad you asked that because uh, I think I found the exact machine that they used. Yeah. Uh, and I believe it is a Eversys Shopmaster MS slash ST. What a name. Right. So so basically, um, I know I know you've researched this, so jump in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But basically there, there are three different types of um coffee machines. Mm-hmm. There's semi automatic, automatic, and super automatic. Super automatic. And and from what I could from what I could basically gather that it's not like they're not like super defined categories, right? But basically semi automatic is like you're you're moving pucks around, you're you're putting you're you're filling something up with milk, you're putting it into the steam one, this that, and the other, right? Super automatic on the other hand, the other end of that scale is press a button and coffee comes out, mm-hmm. right? And coffee, and it's the kind of thing you might see at, at like a posh office, right? Where the milk is already put into the drink for you and stuff like that. The the machines that they use are somewhere in between. So what I noticed, and you we were both keeping a close eye on on how yeah. the coffee was made. Um, and it's interesting, it's interesting because the the first couple of times I went to Blank Street, maybe just let's say the first five times I went to Blank Street, I went to the Blank Street in Moorgate. Sure, yeah. Yeah, near that MS. Yeah. Right. Basically, like because of the way that the store was laid out, which by the way had a lot more seating than the one that we went to, uh, which was interesting. You couldn't see them make the coffee, right? And it's great because because basically the machine was in front of you and you were looking like at the back of the machine, basically. And mm. the people making the coffee, the barista was behind the machine and so my head just filled in the gaps of like well someone's doing the plunk it in getting the milk going you know get it out you know putting it all together and there's a drink i had no idea that they were pressing a button for the espresso yeah until i researched blank street in preparation for asking hey let's record this for the podcast Mm. do you know what i mean yeah so my brain just filled in the gaps there and i just assumed that it was like a normal i had no idea I was like, oh, that's a nice barista made coffee, like the old school way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I had no idea. I had no idea. But anyway, um, what we're getting at is that the, the, the espresso is automatically, like basically it's automatically ground. Yeah. It's automatically tamped. Uh, the shot is automatically drawn with a preset and a preset heat and a preset kind of weight in terms of the amount of water they push through and how much water they get out and also how much espresso they use. And basically the milk is like pre-foamed by the machine, put into a jug. So it's like kind of extra. It's not like you take the jug, you fill it with milk, you put it up to the wand and then you take it out and then you kind of build your drink. It's, it just comes out of the machine pre-foamed, ready to go. Yeah. And then they take that and then they pour that into your cup and then on top of the espresso and then that's your that's your drink. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's that's kind of like, that really kind of like was crazy to me. You know, there is apparently there was this debate online where people were arguing arguing if Blank Street was a tech company mm-hmm. or just another coffee coffee shop. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it raised the question: like, do you really care how your iced coffee it's made as long as it's good? Mm-hmm. Is that coffee machine made coffee? Is a coffee made by a machine better than a coffee made by a person? Mm-hmm. Can you differentiate? Mm-hmm. And I wonder if we're going to that stage where we actually don't really mind mm-hmm. and that the, the people are just there for the physical interaction. I, well, it's so interesting you say that because there's a cool article, again, it will be linked in the blog post, uh, sorry, in the in the uh, episode description uh, about how they train the baristas, right? Okay. In Boston. And basically the focus is obviously not on the quality of the drink and this, that and the other, but it's kind of what you're saying. It's the quality of the interaction and also weirdly latte art. <laughs> 
<laughs> latte art. Yeah, okay. latte art. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they're like, okay, at the end of it, if we can just assume that the coffee is going to be good, what's there left to like really optimize the quality of the interaction and the latte art? Yeah. Which is kind of mad. So they get trained for the latte art. Yeah, I wouldn't say they get trained for the latte art, but they're like, this is the kind of stuff we want you to focus on instead of the quality of the drink. Because basically what they said was like baristas are used to like having a lot of control over the type of drinks that they make. And it's like a lot of care and attention that goes into it. And when they work for third, third space, Blank when Street. they, when they work for another, anyway, um, when they work for, when they work for Blank Street, it's about actually like, okay, that cool, that stuff is kind of done for you. You have to kind of feel comfortable relinquishing control on that stuff. And instead we need you to focus on these two areas, which you're also really good at and arguably is the real product. Yeah. Yeah. That's quite interesting. Yeah. I, I don't know how comfortable, I mean, I guess if the coffee is good enough, you're just going to have it. But, mm -hmm. um, the reason I would say the reason why I go to my regular coffee shop is the interactions that, that and the relationship that you build with the people. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, to us, I do go for the coffee. I'm not gonna lie. Right now, yeah. Just given that the coffee is good, so yeah, let's just yeah, say yeah, that yeah. the coffees are equally good yeah. across. I don't know your one kilometer radius. Yeah. You go for the interaction, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Maybe assuming that I, I'm assuming here that all the the coffee shops around you are using the same. I'm, I'm, this is a hypothetical future where all the coffee shops around you are using the same machine and like, we don't same train beans, baristas anymore. Same recipe. Anymore. Yeah, I guess the things you could optimize for were the beans. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot. But again, this kind of goes back to like for me, I feel like I've got a theory. Okay. Right. There are two types of experiences. Okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> there are coffee shop experiences and there are pub experiences, right? Coffee shop. And this is kind of, this is actually kind of like probably the literal opposite of what you said. Okay. Which is why we're good podcast co-hosts, right? But basically in a coffee shop experience, I really, I really care. I want the really good coffee and I want it to be made the way that I like it to be made. And, you know, I really care about it. It's going to be really good. And even down to like, oh, is this the type of lid that I like kind of thing? You know, that's like, details matter, right? That's a coffee shop experience. Are you a plastic lid or paper lid? Plastic compost. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's like your, I want to say the environment type of thing. Yeah, plastic, plastic compostable. But yeah, versus the pub experience, right? It's not about the it's not about the quality of what you're getting because either I think I do believe there are good like beers and bad beers and the same beer served in different ways if that makes sense can make it better or worse but it's not really about that yeah. it's about you know it's about having a chat have, it's not even about the environment the environment could be rubbish it's just like about the human connection rather than the actual product if that makes sense yeah for me I'm the complete opposite I yeah. do care more about the experience of the coffee shop that you can yeah. sit that is like good music. Yeah, uh, can have a chat with the person. Yeah. I mean, maybe I'm just taking it for granted because, like, coffee shops in general are just more bougie than pubs, and therefore, because of that, they are just generally nicer. But anyway, anyway, um, another interesting thing is I, feel, I have a few a few interesting things while we go into the machine. Um, apparently, what they buy, they don't really disclose the price by for what they buy the machines for, but they buy it from this Swiss company. Yeah. Um, and they buy the Shot Master Pro. Shotmaster Pro? No, it's not. It's okay. not. And I did notice in different pitches they've got different ones. Oh, Shot Shotmaster MS slash ST slash ST. Yeah. Which I've got no idea what that means. Who knows? Yeah. Um, some marketing team needs to get their stuff together. Why? Well, what name is this? Shotmaster MS slash ATST. Yeah, but then they've got the MS slash ST, then they've got the SST and the CST. Like they, there might be different things, different sizes. You know, we're not in the market. We can't. We can't judge. 
who's in the market for this? It's not the the consumer. It's no, all hotel. like B two B, like hotel offices, hotel offices, yeah, yeah, offices yeah. WeWorks. Yeah, and they were reading their guides and all this kind of yeah. stuff. Like, and which then, which we linked into the show notes. I'm gonna, I wanted to talk to you about. Yeah, um, But before we get into that, there is the, the economics part of it. So they buy that, and apparently it can make 700, 700 espressos per hour. Nice. Eight at a time, and so they can sell about so eight hours per day. You can sell about five thousand, fifty thousand dollars. Okay, the machine. Fifty thousand dollars. Yeah. So how much it costs? Yeah. Wow. So I wonder if they're buying them or leasing them. Well, the interesting part is that that pays pretty much for a for a barista for a year. Yeah. So yeah, you yeah, can yeah, make yeah. your money back. Yeah. After yeah. X amount of time. Yeah. Fair enough. So that that was a really interesting part. But then the idea is that you're replacing a barista. You're hiring only two instead of three or four people. Um, but also because they're cutting costs in other areas. Mm-hmm. But I, what I really would like to to jump into is mm-hmm. uh, the design of the machine. Mm-hmm. And you know, I really freak out about modularity. Mm-hmm. You know, that's my my thing. Um, and once you see how this machine is designed, you're gonna freak out too. The whole thing can be taken apart, mm-hmm. okay? And you have different areas, uh, which I really wanna walk, walk, walk you through. You have the grinder module, which is very important because it needs to contain at least 20 gram, 23 grams of coffee uh, for different types of coffee that you make. Uh, and, gra- and be able to grind it at specific um, grind, sizes. grind sizes, yeah. Um, so that's thing, thing number one. Thing number two, then we go into the brewing unit. So once you have that coffee there, then you send it through a pipe to through the brewing unit and again these are completely different detached modules that you can the reason why this is important is i'm gonna go why is maintenance but i'm gonna explain that why in the future in in, in the next few minutes mm-hmm. you have the brewing the brewing unit which is where the, co- the coffee and the water mix and get together um then you have the steam and water unit which is basically you want to have a, a bigger tank there because you want to be able to produce a, a hot coffee really quickly and the only way for you to do that is to have a really lot a lot of a lot of steam right right and you have it like condensed in this like small pump so whenever you need liquid water you can just push the steam there and condensate it really quickly and then get really hot water and then the milk module which is kind of detached uh, which is what what makes the foam and the the, the frosting and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they have some hydraulic module which basically pumps water from 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 the grid or from the shop and then it brings it into the machine. Why is this important? Mm-hmm. My theory is, and this is from having some knowledge into the water filter business, is that um, is that what's happening is that they just ship these machines all over the world and they don't have a local maintenance person. So they just have, they have to make the assembly and the, the, the maintenance so, so easy that anyone with very minimal training, because that's the expensive part, can come, disassemble a part, and mm-hmm. then put a new one in, mm-hmm. because that's usually what happens in so, this type of business. So you, you think they just swap it all out instead of fixing it? The whole it? module, yeah. And they yeah. probably ship it back and they fix it in store. Interesting. So they have to make it really easy for the, the techniques or the mm-hmm. people that come and fix it mm-hmm. um, to do that. Uh, and that's interesting because they all their selling points for the B2B is um, simplicity in terms of maintenance, like priority ma- uh, maintenance or management, how they call it. Mm-hmm. Um, and a- another one is the e-connect technology. Um, and I'm going to tell you why that's also important because you have different systems that can fail. So you have the water that is water in London has a lot of call. So this water pump, which is the first part of the system, pulls water in and has to filter all of that. And the reason for that is because if you let the cow the cow get into the rest of the pipes really quickly, you're gonna mess up the whole machine. So you wanna you wanna clear that out first. Also makes it a nicer drink. It makes it nicer. Yeah, that's very true. That's like one of the theories why coffee is in New York is so good and stuff. No, really? Yeah. Okay. There's a, yeah. Anyway, there's there's a whole movement of people who um take their um 
like at home if you're making like posh like v60 or aeropress or something and you spend all this money on your beans it's like 50 pence of beans that you've grinded up and stuff like that there's this whole group of people that will basically get distilled water like pure water just like just h2o and then add a sachet of a little bit of the different salts and calcium and stuff no. like that to make the perfect mineral water and then they'll brew their coffee with that wow that's so much work for a cup of coffee anyway honestly it wow. sounds good this, this people. <laughs> Um, okay, so basically the water filters basically try to make the, the try to avoid any further damage of the machine. But you need to keep control of these filters because you need to it can only filter X amount of volume per, per filter, right? So what you need to do is change the filter. But how do you know when you need to change the filter? Right, right. People at the shop usually don't know. Yeah. So they basically have integrated all of this uh, eConnect technology, which I don't know why they call it like that. Um, but it's basically a bunch of sensors around the machine that is telling you when things are getting faulty or when things need to be changed. So if you can if you can avoid a problem before it actually happens and you can emit some sort of warning, you you don't have any downtime in the machine because mm -hmm. someone can come, change, replace a piece, and then come back and the problem never happened. Uh, and you have a happier customer. And this is a very common problem that we have with these systems. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was pretty clever in how they did it. Fantastic. Yeah. That's really, really cool. A final thing as well is, uh, do you know the Longi? Yeah. Okay. Do you know what happened between them and Eversys, which is a company? Uh, no. Okay. So in 2017, the Longi bought 40% of Eversys. Nice. And in 2021, they bought the whole thing. Nice. Which is pretty interesting because yeah, it's yeah. this like standard Italian... Uh, coffee tradition yeah, yeah and then yeah. they come and they buy the whole thing and yeah, the yeah. tech company yeah. um interesting so yeah. interesting interesting um so i saw online that Eversys have been used in leon as well really uh yeah which is which is interesting to me why well because i'm like i'm thinking leon are known for their food and everything else like that right uh and like being like I know, like fast food, that's not unhealthy, if that makes sense. And mm -hmm. it's good for you and it's nice and it's tasty and it's healthy and it's organic and this kind of stuff. Yeah. Like, I wonder if, um, like, it seems like a lot of blank street, like a lot of their business is built on this machine. And if they're not the only people with it, if that makes sense, obviously yeah. they found like a business model that works, but I'm wondering how defensible is it? Yeah, that's, that's a, the, it goes back to the beginning. Maybe the product is not the actual coffee. Yeah. Like, because assuming that everyone has the same machine, then what's the actual product you're selling for? Is the customer experience? Yeah. The brand? Yeah. Another thing, they were selling a lot of merch in the shop. Yeah, that's mad. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they started doing that in 2021, I think. Okay. And yeah, that's that's crazy to me. Yeah. Like, it's it's they've got more shop space, not shops. Let's say more, I don't know, like surface area for your eyes on the merch than they do on the, yeah, on on the, the drinks, drinks and, and the pastries. Yeah. Yeah. In the store that we went to. Yeah. Which is crazy. Would you be seen with a blank street tote bag? If I would be seen, I don't yeah. know. I can't really predict the future. Man. No, but would you like? I don't really mind, uh, but I haven't seen anyone with a blank street tote bag. Have you? Uh, I, I think I have maybe. Yeah. And I was probably like, oh, blank street. You know what I mean? Yeah. Anyway, yeah. the reason why I'm like that, right? Is because. What are you going to complain about now? I'm going to complain about how they store their name. Okay, tell me. <laughs> right. So it's all a bit murky, but basically there is a family-run coffee shop in Brixton, in London, called okay. Blank Coffee, right? Blank Street come to the UK, expanding into the UK um, in 2022, and they're like, oh, we're called Blank Street Coffee. And then Blank Coffee are like, mm, we're called Blank Coffee. And they're like, no, we're called Blank Street Coffee. Okay. So they disputed it 
the disputed the trademark that Blank Street Coffee applied for in the UK. If you want to learn more about this, there's an article from The Guardian in the show notes. Question to you. You are the you are working at the IPO, the Intellectual Property Office, which arbitrates. Do they arbitrate these things? Let's say they arbitrate the procedure for these things, okay? Basically, you're in charge, all right? Or let's say you're the judge and the court cases come to you, right? Do you allow Blank Street Coffee to use the name Blank Street Coffee in the UK when there is already a pre-existing trademark of Blank Coffee? Well, I don't know anything about either no, copyright law I know, or I anything matter, about that. No, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter about the law. It's up to you. So you want my opinion? No, I don't want your opinion. I want your ruling. I want your judgment. Sure. But my... Right, that's that's going to hurt in the listener's eyes. Courts in session. Uh, in the listener's eyes and ears. <laughs> um, Courts in session. Okay, so you with no data or any knowledge of the data, copyright law. You don't need data, just tell all yeah. the data. I mean, a lot of these cases, you need to like use things that happened in the past yeah, to actually not, make decisions. I know, but this is, this, is, this, is not, this, is, this is not some rubbish court, you know, where you've got to prove your point and stuff like that with evidence and stuff like that. This is Luigi's court, right? We do what Luigi says. Sure, what is this Luigi like Ravis London then? No, what does Luigi say? Okay. Luigi is saying that if Blank Street Coffee wants to use Blank Street Coffee name, they should pay some sort of, they should buy the name out of a Blank Coffee. And we can, we should be able to set, up, nice. set, set the price and we should be the mediators of that. Nice, nice. Okay, so this big American company, VC backs $67 million in the bank. Yeah. Just give a few quid yeah. to Blank Coffee and then we're all friends. Yeah. I like that. That's a proper like judge jury executioner type solution right there yeah, man. yeah. have you ever seen um any of the judge programs no it's just like televised judging there is a mexican one that is yeah. really funny but yeah. we used to watch it in spanish i'm just feeling anyway. just feeling like we're in that way you just find some resolution everyone's happy with it it's a bit weird but it kind of works yeah so you know you're not gonna go talk to each other after this yeah but... exactly you just stay out of his way you stay out of you know his way as well and let's just be friends you pay him some money and you know okay nice all right let me rephrase the question then because that I, that's quite an elegant solution i like it <laughs> let's just let's just let's just say that you it's just about who gets to use the name like it's just the question that you're asking is, uh, that's not how it works i know no well hold on we, we've changed the we've changed the parameters yeah you change the parameters right? yeah exactly yeah i don't agree with the parameters that have been changed okay but basically let's just say it's up to you it's across your desk and there's like a tick box and it says can blank street coffee use the name blank street coffee in the uk and by by the way, there's a coffee shop already existing called Blank Coffee. Uh, and there's no possibility of settlement or anything like that. It's just a yes, no. And they have a what? Blank Street Coffee. That's one name and then Blank Coffee. Yeah. Blank Coffee has got their own trademark for Blank Coffee. No, I don't like that. So you don't, you don't think they should be allowed? Uh, I don't like the rules that you're putting on this judgment. Okay, it's fine. It's fine. It's, it's, it doesn't matter. It's hypothetical. Mm. What would you do? Uh, I would allow it. I don't think I would, just for the sake of arguing with you. Yeah, fine. All right, fine. All right. Well, yeah, I think I look. I think the fundamentally they're different names, and I think Blank Coffee and Blank Street Coffee are even in the oh, same. Oh, so now you're using reason to apply for this thing? No, but I've made I've made my decision based on the arbitrary rules. Okay. Right. The sure. arbitrary rules is I tick the box that says yes, and my reasoning for that decision mm-hmm. that I've made is that yeah, they're different words, and I arguably are they even in the same space? Because I think if you give it two, three, four, five years, people will look at Blank Street Coffee in the same way they look at Pratt, and people are already making that that connection mm-hmm. and they're saying oh it's to the new prep that's the word on the street talking with my friends sure new prep and blank coffee will always be a step above everyone knows it yes the latte or the cappuccino will be three pounds 64 quid which is insane amount of money but it's a different product and you can actually sit down and you can talk to the, you can build a relationship with the barista exactly yeah sure cool all right well done nice start rolling man anything else you want to mention 
I think I think this was a, a nice deep dive, a new type of episode that we made yeah. with a different start. Um, if you didn't like it, please tell us and we will probably not change it, uh, but we'll consider it for future episodes. <laughs> well, we won't change the episode once it's done. But... <laughs> That's why I'm saying. Okay. Um, right. Anyway, sure. Should we conclude? Anything else that you want to add? No? Anyway, if you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friend. And if you didn't as well, maybe they will enjoy it. Um, you can also go into the show notes and there you will find all the things that we talked about and all the links that we mentioned. And by the way, there will be a link there that says bios.design and there you will find all our socials where you can follow us and stay up to date. You will also find a Notion, a, no, a Patreon link there where you can choose to support us if you want to. You, you will get access to our community, um, our chat, and also you will get you will be able to support and uh, meet up uh, with our design meetups in London when we have them. Fantastic. All right. Cool. All right. See you in the next episode.